We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Day one of free agency in the books. Call it the tampering period if you want. 25 players change teams today. KJ Podcast. We're going to break it all down. San Francisco 49ers signed Quan Alexander. Little bit out of left field. Little bit surprising, but it fits a pattern of what the 49ers do. They target their guy. They overpay for their guy. They craft a role for their guy, and they see if it works out. Quan Alexander follows the likes of Jarek McKinnon and Weston Richburg last season. Splashier moves. And then the first season for Kyle and John Lynch were the Pierre Garçons. Use check was kind of a splashy move, but it was more pieces just to get set up. Welcome to the pod. If you're new, it's NFL analysis. We're going to talk about the strategy that went behind this signing. We're going to discuss the contract. Drew Rosenhaus, could the 49ers have waited a little longer before caving into some of these demands? We're going to talk about Quan Alexander on the field, his strengths. This is a damn good football player. I'm going to pick apart everything about it. And some of you are going to walk away from this podcast saying, oh, KJ hates the move. It's closer to a mediocre move than a home run move for the 49ers. Day one of free agency, a lot to play out. Earl Thomas could still land on this team. Justin Houston could still land on this team. Zadarius Smith from the Ravens. There are names out there that are pass rushers and safeties that could end up here. It won't be Tyran Matthew. won't be LaMarcus Joyner. My Barrel's reporting the 49ers are talking to Pierre Desir. If you listen to this Tuesday morning, there's probably other moves that have been made. So we're going to try and focus this as much on Quan Alexander as possible. And no, the 49ers are going to spend more money, but know this, I don't think they're going to splash now at edge and safety. I don't think they're going to give someone 13 mil a year at either of those positions. If they come out and sign Justin Houston Tuesday, I don't think they're going for Earl Thomas. I think they're going for more of a veteran piece there to back up 
Adrian Colbert. They're going to try and draft more competition. I'm just going to be shocked if they splurge at all three positions. That doesn't seem like John Lynch. Kyle doesn't like doing that. He doesn't like looking like Dan Snyder. He doesn't like looking desperate and building the team that way. So you used one of these splashes on Quan Alexander, a super athletic linebacker coming off an ACL tear. Four years, $54 million. Let's start there with the terms. We don't know them yet. They'll probably be released soon. It's heavily reported $27 million guaranteed, which to me means Parag struck a two-year $27 million contract. And then there's opt-outs for the 49ers after those two years. Here, let's do a two-year 27. We're pretty sure you're going to be awesome. In case you're not, we're going to put this in there. We'll give you all your guaranteed money up front. That's how they structure things. That's how the 49ers run. And I'm not going to congratulate them for making a nice cap move here. And it's really not a four-year $54 million contract. You should be signing someone who you expect to be here for four years and $54 million. There's fans being like, oh, if he's not good, then you can just get rid of him. He should be good. This team's got to win nine or 10 games next year. And I think Quan Alexander is a good player, but I don't think he solves issues in the pass game. He's not going to rush the passer. He's going to help cover some tight ends. I mean, he's going to be your will linebacker dropping in coverage more. And he is pretty good against the run. And even though he's 6'1", 227, he can fly around and make tackles for losses. He does stand out sometimes on tape. And yet Tampa's GM, Jason Lick, saying he's the heartbeat of our defense. They did let him go, though. You have some media members I respect. Tampa Bay Trey Sycamore, I think is his last name, coming out and just saying, man, love Quan Alexander as a guy. This contract just seems like a lot from him. 72 missed tackles is the key thing to point out. But it's kind of frustrating a team who was known for missing tackles last year and was embarrassing at it added a linebacker who has the highest missed tackle percentage in the league from 2015 to 2017. So Quan Alexander, not a flawless prospect. I like him. I think he can make an impact. I don't think he can be the best player on your defense. And of course, who will it be in number two, Josh Allen or Nick Bosa as well? It's going to be defense there. The 49ers wanted to stabilize the position. They did it. Honestly, cleaning up for their old mistake in Reuben Foster. They spent a lot of funds now on inside linebacker here. Remember, they say Mike and Will are kind of interchangeable in this scheme. So Fred Warner will drop in coverage, and, and sometimes Quan Alexander will be against the run. I mean, I love that pairing there, but let's think about it. Reuben Foster, first-round pick. Malcolm Smith was a waste of cap room. Was hurt, obviously, the first year. But just a lot of people didn't like that signing when it first happened, and, and it didn't pan out. I had been pining all along. Hey, don't sign CJ Mosley. Quan Alexander wasn't even on my radar. I didn't think that I thought he would either re-sign in Tampa Bay or someone would do the splashy thing for him and not the 49ers for this position that they don't really need. Dude, could they live without Quan Alexander and still have a good defense? Let's see. I mean, I, I can't judge them yet. This is day one of free agency. The move by itself is a little puzzling, but the move next to a bunch of other moves could look really good. KJ Podcast, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to grade the move. I'm not doing cartwheels about it. I'm not a fanboy about it. I don't think it's a terrible move at all. I think he's going to have 100 tackles next year. The biggest thing, Quan Alexander, when you look at his highlights, is he can force fumbles. Six forced fumbles in his four seasons, six interceptions. He is around the ball. There are certain games for the Buccaneers. Quan Alexander made a play at the right time, made a play early in the game that tipped things. Fred Warner didn't prove to be that guy his rookie year. I guess the 49ers thought he's more of a playmaker in the past game. He's more of a spark plug energy guy. He does have leadership qualities. 
And that's what I've always said on this podcast. I didn't think they were going to go after CJ Mosley or this position because at the end of the day, besides shutting down some tight ends and, you know, stopping the run and making plays on screens, I mean, you need this player, but on third and eight, Quan Alexander doesn't matter a shit ton. Your corners matter a lot more. Your safety matters a lot more. Your pass rush matters a lot more. When I'm looking at film of this team last year, will linebacker as a need is not in the top three. Their number one need is pass rush. Their number two need is single high safety. Their number three need is a corner next to Richard Sherman. I don't think Akilla Weatherspoon is a starter. I would love him as a backup and depth piece. And then I would go Will Linebacker next to... And then I would even... I was thinking interior D lineman too. So just for the 49ers to say, we're this obsessed with Quan Alexander. We think he can be a core piece of our future. I believe in that. I don't believe that he is going to make so much of a difference on this defense that's going to tip them and win playoff games. And the 49ers are going to play more nine wide this year with their DNs lined up further out. Chris Kusarek, there's some quotes on that. I think Barrows wrote that. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna line up differently. They need more rangy linebackers. Obviously, I didn't think Elijah Lee or Brock Coyle would start next year. But, you know, the 49ers, I think, according to Evan Silva and according to a lot of people, got the second best linebacker on the market, CJ Mosley. Let's go there. Back to the contract. Drew Rosenhaus has kind of snake teams in the last couple of days. He put Antonio Brown on the Raiders and made him the highest paid receiver in the league. He put Trent Brown from the Patriots and played the Raiders again. I don't know if Mike Mayock's getting stronghold there. I mean, they need players too in Oakland. They were really, really bad last season, so might as well just get some deals done. But then Quan Alexander. I guess this morning there was a report. Rick Stroud put it out that it was between the Jets and the 49ers. Things were getting hot and heavy. Mike Florio was the first to report it, and Rap Sheet had the terms. I would have waited out Quan Alexander. I don't know if you were bidding that hard against the Jets. They're trying to get rid of Darren Lee. They do have more cap room than the 49ers, and, and that maybe that's what John Lynch and Parag and Kyle said. We need to make sure we come away with something. The thing about Justin Houston and some of these other guys that are available, they are older. So the one thing with Quan Alexander, you're getting youth here, and I think John Lynch and Kyle must have just said, we're going to overpay a little bit for him. We'll have an out after two years in case it isn't good. But let's get somebody in the building, quality defender that we know is going to be a starter and a playmaker because there's there's just not enough playmaking on this defense. Two interceptions last season, no turnovers, and Quan Alexander is kind of the best turnover maker on the market. You have some safeties that make some plays. Quan Alexander, I know he's coming off ACL. He probably is going to miss parts of training camp. I think he's going to be limited in training camp. I think he could miss most of the preseason and then start trickling back on slowly in September. I don't know if you put an ACL linebacker right back out there week one. The 49ers need to win games, and they're going to want him to start. Elijah Lee proved that he's decent depth. You're going to keep him around probably. Brock Coyle, they're going to compete for a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm so medium on this move. I, I just don't think it's going to matter too much. It seems like a lot of money. He's the second highest paid player on the roster now behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan has always said, you overpay for free agents. You got to know the guy's correct. Then you got Quan Alexander, moments after he's signing, quote tweeting and ad tagging OBJ. 
I'm not buying the report still that he's going to be traded. Maybe there'll be a shocking second podcast this week that the 49ers had landed Odell Beckham Jr. To me, that would cause a little bit of red flag. If the Giants are really getting rid of him, what's wrong? Why can't they control this issue? Why can't they get their management, their leadership on the right page? They just paid him a bunch of money. I would be a little leery, but of course, like I said too, Kyle and John Lynch can probably manage better than Pat Shermer and David Gettleman. So a lot left to play out. Quan Alexander is in the building. He's aka Ruben Foster 2.0. This was a mistake that they're covering up for in a misjudgment of Ruben Foster's character, who of course is now in the Redskins, who probably is going to be starting next to Landon Collins. We're going to get into a bunch of the splashier signings. So, I mean, this is the big thing. If this costs them Earl Thomas and Earl ends up going to Houston or Dallas or some surprise bidder comes in at the end, he's reportedly asking for two years, 30 million. Now it could get up to 42 million for three years from the Texans, all guaranteed. I'd much rather give Earl Thomas three years, 42 million guaranteed than give Quan Alexander two years, 27. You should say the 49ers should do both. They have the cap room here. What are they waiting for? They don't want to appear over eager, but at the same time, if there was a fish to bring first in your building, I think it's Earl Thomas. And then if the market cooled on Quan Alexander, you could be like, wow, we can get a really good linebacker as well. So I would have done the flip-flop thing here. I would have signed Earl Thomas first, and then I would have said, hey, if the Jets are that serious about Quan Alexander, they can take him. We're going to have to find our linebacker in the third or fourth round. So there's a team-building thing that I have a problem with here. I would build my team inside out. I'm more worried about edge and safety than I am a guy getting 100 tackles in the middle of the field. I know it's becoming a horizontal league and teams are throwing five to seven yard passes a lot and you need Quan Alexander to wrap up when your corners can't make tackles and he can make some plays. But if you don't get a safety, the signing of Quan Alexander does not matter. I hope the 49ers realize that they've mismanaged some evaluations in the past on secondary, they've clearly mismanaged some evaluations on Malcolm Smith and Ruben Foster at linebacker. Quan Alexander's good. He's proven. It's like in a redraft, he'd be drafted really high. I believe he came into the league, what, 2015? He's played four seasons. He's been damn solid. He's made a Pro Bowl. He's got the red hair. He's very eccentric. He's going to be a personality in the locker room. He's had tragedy that he's had to overcome. I believe his brother was killed and he played in the game. Stripped Julio Jones. He's made some iconic, nice plays for the Buccaneers. Buccaneers fans aren't happy that he's gone. Quan Alexander went down with his ACL week five or week six, and the Buccaneers defense fell apart afterwards. They were god-awful. In the beginning of the season, he had Fitz Magic, but the defense was playing decent, and Quan Alexander was making plays and you know looked to be the same. You always risk this. What does he look like? ACL has been pretty normal. It's kind of scary the 49ers... Three most important players are coming off ACL tears. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarek McKinnon, Quan Alexander. The three most important players are going to decide if this team is good or not. You need two of those three players to be good. And Jimmy G is obviously one. And you might be able to get by if McKinnon just isn't good anymore. You use Brita, you draft someone else. You need Quan Alexander, obviously, as well. And they're going to count on him to be good. Yo, we are proud to bring Harry's back on the Blue Wire team. Harry's.com slash Blue Wire. You'll save $10 on a trial set, which is a five-blade razor, rich shave gel, 
And then the travel blade cover. When you, you and your girl go to Mexico for the weekend, bring your Harry's razor with you. You see your buddies on the East Coast. It's convenient, portable, and it's a nice razor. Like they gave me this whole script here. It's world-class blade factory. The founders were fed up. The bottom line is this razor works. I don't get cut. I'm feeling comfortable when I'm doing it. Underneath my neck sometimes it gets irritated. Not really with Harry's at all. I like the product. I'm recommending it. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Someone's birthday or something. Get them a nice little razor. And they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. I ordered some for my friends. And I hope you do too. Harrys.com slash bluewire. We're pumped to be teamed up with them. And then my bookie. We're back this week promoting these guys, whether you're filling out a bracket, national championship pick, first round upsets, all the above. My bookie is the perfect home for March Madness fun. Zion Williamson, it's actually a fun tournament this year. Is he going to cement his legacy at Duke? Will he be a first round exit? Duke's had some weird first round exits. You got UVA, lost to a 16 seed last year. They're really damn good this year. And then Kentucky, will they ever get back to the final four? It's been a long time for them. You know the answers. Even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. My bookie's been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. The best part, they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. All right, if you're going to kick back and enjoy March Madness, it's more fun to have a couple bets on the game, and my bookie is where you can do that. Promo code BLUEWIRE, 50% sign-up bonus. Promo code Blue Wire. You cash in, you'll get a little extra. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, KJ Podcast. I like it. I don't love it. I think it's okay. And I put the poll out on Twitter. Do you like the move? Yes, no, or are you torn? And no and torn was about 50, and yes was about 50. I still. Don't know if this team fully knows what they're doing defensively. The big news is that the Cardinals signed Terrell Suggs. Arizona, I, I don't know the terms yet, but it is pointing to a Kyler Murray drafting and a Josh Rosen trade. If you're going to go out and sign this guy on day one of free agency, I would understand signing a veteran pass rusher that hung around, but your plan here is to play Terrell Suggs a lot because he was actually pretty damn good for Baltimore and you already have Chandler Jones. So now why would you draft Nick Bosa? Hmm, what are the Cardinals doing here? Are they really showing their cards this much? Because now the 49ers don't have to worry about edge. Doesn't seem like they're in love with Josh Allen. So Nick Bosa falls to them. That's their pick. If they sign Earl Thomas and it's Earl, Quan Alexander, Nick Bosa, I'm loving where this defense is going. If they miss out on Earl and they miss out on Nick Bosa, I'm a little skeptical about how good this defense will be next year. And they'll have to keep turning the wheel and keep figuring this thing out in free agency. Let's come back to Quan at the end, but let's go over some of the other moves today in free agency. Tyran Matthew to the Chiefs, three years, $42 million. I don't know the guaranteed money yet. We're going to have to wait till all those terms are released, but... If you told me the 49ers signed Tyran Matthew for three years, $42 million guaranteed over Quan Alexander, I think I would prefer that. Just because he's going to be a chess piece in passing downs a lot more against elite receivers, tight ends, out of the slot matchup piece where he's more of a stopper in the pass game. And even at strong safety, he can, you can play him hybrid some places. You can like shade him a little 
higher up to the top. You you could have done a lot with Tyran Matthew. He made it clear he's trying to win a Super Bowl by going to the Chiefs. Congrats to him. Anthony Barr to the Jets. At the time of this recording, no financial terms have been released. They're going to convert him to a 3-4 defensive end there, what he played at UCLA. The Vikings have been playing him at off-ball linebacker where he didn't really fit. I, I think he is more your hand in the dirt. And he would have been, with the 49ers, a hybrid Sam and some some Leo. I think he is more of a pass rusher. His body frame is that. I don't think he's great in coverage. The Jets got Anthony Barr instead of Quan Alexander. If that's if that was real, if that wasn't Rosenhaus planting that and, and getting the 49ers to commit. Because it seems like he's damn good at leveraging teams and stepping on throats and saying, pay my guy the most now or he's gone. He can play both hands really effing well. It's amazing to see him still do this. Someone's got to do an updated documentary. He he should be creating content here. Drew Rosenhaus is a freaking G. Should we get him on Blue Wire? He needs his own damn podcast. He's running the league right now. Um, Nick Foles, four years, $88 million. My God, Jacksonville. No one was going to give him that type of money. I totally agree with just like waiting this out a little bit. You're not going to alienate the locker room or say, hey, come in on bad terms with Nick Foles. It's too much of a big commitment. They're just throwing around money. They did with Blake Bortles, too. I think he obviously has way less success there. Their defense is kind of remnants of what it was. Malik Jackson's already gone to Philly. Tashawn Gibson's a free agent who the 49ers could sign, former Browns, former Jaguars. Um, yeah, that he's going to make more money than Jimmy G next year. It looks like it. Jimmy G on the books for $19.3 million. 20 quarterbacks will make more money than Jimmy Garoppolo next year. Of course, he did make $37.5 million last season. We covered Terrell Suggs. Great news for the 49ers. Trent Brown. The Patriots will get a third-round compensatory pick for him. They used him in a season to get to the Super Bowl. The 49ers kind of owed them one for the Jimmy G trade. Wink, wink, and then the Raiders kind of swoop in and make him the highest-paid offensive lineman of all time. <laughs> what? Trent Brown? Are you kidding? Oh, my God. The 49ers thought paying him $1.9 million last season was too much, and they were just going to run into this scenario, and Mike McGlinchey, here you are. I'm not going to complain. The 49ers could have hung on to him and developed him. Some of you have argued they've wasted a first-round pick on McGlinchey when they could have had a much better player last draft. Kyle and the run game mixes with the pass game, and if he doesn't have that piece at right tackle, it kind of tips the hand on play action, and McGlinchey can get out in space more. So it's a it's a whole equation thing with Mike McGlinchey, who had a damn good rookie year. That's one move where I'm not going to ramsack them and hit them over the head yet with, because I actually thought it was kind of smart. And the run game last year with no quarterback was pretty damn good. Matt Breida was a top-five player on the team, and the O-line wasn't too bad. Um Antonio Brown ends up on the Oakland Raiders for a third and fifth round pick. I would have given him guaranteed. You guys are complaining about $30 million guaranteed for Antonio Brown is too much, but then $27 million for Quan Alexander. Do you realize how many touchdowns Antonio Brown brings to your offense? I would have given him that guarantee. I would have brought him into this locker room. I would have had a joint press conference with Richard Sherman. I would have said, it's on. We have bad boys in this locker room. We're coming for the Rams. And that's that would have been my strategy. I would have, I would have added Antonio Brown. I would have added Earl Thomas, and I would have said we're not messing around. That's what I would have done. Some of you get pissed off when I, I put my GM hat on. I always will here. 
And I'm always trying to analyze what they're thinking too. And Quan Alexander gets them turnovers and gets them a piece in the building that's young. Gets them a nice young piece who even after this contract, if he does get the full $54 million and is great, he's only going to be 28 after this contract. So, I, I mean, I understand their thinking too. It's just not what I would have done as GM. Uh, your boy Deshaun Jackson costs, what, a sixth or a seventh round pick? Maybe both. Eagles get him back and then sign him to a three-year $27 million deal. He's still the fastest player in the league. I guess he's too similar to Marquise Goodwin, who you extended last offseason. The 49ers throw money around quite a bit here to Eric Armstead, $9 million. He kind of wasted with Marquise Goodwin. He's going to get phased out of the offense. He can't be starting with Dante Pettis, and Dante Pettis is obviously starting. So he's going to be... In the slot, but not really because you have Trent Taylor and you're probably going to draft a receiver too. So there's kind of a mess going on a receiver. Like the Niners weren't going to trade for Deshaun Jackson. First of all, they only have five draft picks. Second of all, he's 32. But other teams are making moves and getting players that score touchdowns. And I don't know where the 49ers are going to do with a veteran receiver. I don't even know if they're going to add a veteran. Landon Collins to the Redskins, $45 million guaranteed. $84 million was the headline number. Redskins always do this. They always go to Dallas or New York and get that player who's probably peaked. I think Landon Collins won't have as much success in Washington. He's just he's a fun player and he idolized Sean Taylor and now like it's a Dan Snyder signing that they can show that they kind of care and the few people who actually care in DC can get excited. The Redskins are irrelevant. I mean, look at the teams who actually made signings today. Redskins, Lions, Raiders, Cardinals, Jaguars, Jets, 49ers. The Chiefs made one too, but a lot of these teams have to get splashy. Their rosters aren't good enough, and they make another wrong move here and set themselves back. You know that all these signings are not going to pan out. Trey Flowers to the Lions. Yeah, I always said the Niners, he wouldn't have fit here probably because he's a chess piece. He's not your true edge. He's got to be schemed up and matched up all the time. It it complicates things and not every coordinator can handle that. I just don't think it was going to work. It's reported 16 to 17 a season and probably what he's going to get at least 45 to 50 million guaranteed. And the freaking Patriots turned it into Michael Bennett instead, who had very similar production, a lot of quarterback hits, obviously not the explosive athlete, but still can get after the passer. New England, 10 steps ahead. They're shedding some of their young stars in Trent Brown and Trey Flowers coming off a Super Bowl win, and no one's questioning him for it because they know exactly what they're doing, and they're going to bring in the next wave. Is Belichick going to do this till he's 80? Like, when does he stop? I think he's going to want to try and win one without Tom Brady, to be honest, because he wants his legacy to be that cemented. And then your boy Frank Gore to the Bills. One year, two million. I never thought that was possible here. Kyle's not into giving handouts to fan favorites. Um, but, I mean, Frank Gore is still good. I just don't think that he would get any carries. He'd be in more of that third running back role. Behind Brita, Raheem Mostert was just brought back. It just made zero sense. So, yeah, that's a, that's a quick wrap. We're going to record again Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever it makes sense, whenever the Niners sign their next big piece. They're not done. I would be shocked if they're done, and I would almost be appalled if they're done and only added a inside Will linebacker to this defense if they did not insulate this roster with another edge, with another safety, with another corner. I think I mentioned, yeah, they're talking to Pierre Desir. Bradley Roby has been mentioned 
Either of those two I would sign. One of them. And then if it's not Earl Thomas, it's not going to be Adrian Amos. They're running out of options at safety, and a lot of the safeties are strong safeties. And now, which we'll get into later in the month, they might have to draft a safety in the second round. I love Adrian Colbert too, but you have to have this position figured out. And just in case he struggles like he did early in 2018 and doesn't play like he did at the end of 2017, you have to have another answer on the roster. And if you spend a second-round pick on a guy, you honestly expect him to beat out Adrian Colbert. So they're going to have to figure out a lot here if they don't go all in for Earl Thomas. If they don't, they're going to have to answer some tough questions too. And if they're getting burnt next year and Quan Alexander still has a lot of tackles, I'm going to be saying they signed the wrong position when it mattered most and they had an opportunity to fix the 49ers. I know my boy Mike in Brooklyn is telling me, go harder on Lynch, go harder on Shanahan. You're not hard enough on them. I feel like I go harder than anyone. I have Ian Williams tweeting me crying that I'm, I'm going too hard. So I'm saying this move can be a great move on top of Earl Thomas, on top of some type of safety help, which I don't get the holdup in signing Earl Thomas. I don't get the hesitancy. And I don't get rushing to sign Quan Alexander because that's not really what the roster needs immediately. And that's kind of my two cents here. Love Quan Alexander. Think he could be a great piece. I don't understand the strategy after day one. Reports from, I believe her name is Jane Slater in Dallas, is that as of now, Monday night, the 49ers have not reached out to Earl Thomas. It's scary. It's scary if they can look at the tape and really say, hey, we need Quan Alexander more than we need this deep safety because teams picked the 49ers apart, especially in the red zone they played too much zone coverage. They need someone. I don't care if he's old and coming off an injury. Everyone's coming off an injury. That's the It's the fucking NFL. Uh, the Le'Veon Bell stuff I think is fake news. I think someone is trying to stir up the pot. I think Mort reported it, that the 49ers are still involved. I think that could be more fake stuff, and the Jets are going to ultimately end up getting him. Apparently, the Raiders don't have the cash for Le'Veon Bell. They want him, but Mark Davis couldn't pay him in time, and you have to defer the money like the Washington Nationals were going to do with Bryce Harper, who basically came out and said, yeah, I'm not going to be wait to pay $100 million until I'm 65. What's the point of the money then? <laughs> oh, man. Dude, sports is amazing. Player movement has become an actual season. 49ers participated today, and the good news is Nick Bosa looks more likely if the Cardinals are kind of tipping their hand with Terrell Suggs, they really don't need that amount of pass rushers with all the other needs they have, right? There was actually an Arizona radio host who tweeted the 49ers were in on Terrell Suggs. You know, if it's him and just or Justin Houston, that type, it's someone in there. I'm assuming I'll be podcasting again on Wednesday or Thursday with some good news, some more pieces added to this roster. I think Quan's going to be a fan favorite. I think he is going to make some plays. I just think ultimately there's other positions that matter a lot more than him. And if you're going to splurge on him, you better splurge on everything else as well. And I'm over Antonio Brown not being on the team, but third and a fifth round pick. I know you got Kittle in the fifth round, but you got Tarverius Moore in the third round last year. And the year before that, you got C.J. Beathard. Sometimes the third round just doesn't have good fucking people. And same with the fifth. And you miss a lot in both of those rounds. Antonio Brown would not have been a miss. 
and he's getting what three million more guaranteed than Quan Alexander. So interesting roster stuff going on here. I think the 49ers, everything's going to depend on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's rehabbing his knee. Jarek McKinnon's rehabbing his knee. Now Quan Alexander rehabbing his knee. He missed a lot of tackles last year. He makes a lot of plays. We'll have to see. I, I think he's going to be one of the better defenders on the 49ers team. Blue Wire, didn't even mention it. BlueWirePods.com. Check it out. Chris Biederman is also giving his takes with Kyle Madsen, Candlestick Chronicles, 49ers podcast on our network. Um, you'll hear trench warfare, draft board, a lot of good NFL coverage. Ted Wynn, Coffee House Stunt, Jake Burns, Browns Film Breakdown, Jordan Zerm, The Rebuild. I hope I'm not forgetting everyone. Oh, The Leap, Zach Jacobson. A lot more to come. Quan Alexander, welcome to the Bay. We broke down the move from every angle. Real talk, you get on this. I'm not trying to upset the 49ers fan, boys. I'm just trying to be real. I'm okay with this move. Let's wait for the others. All right, we'll talk to you again later this week. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.